0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctors of Running virtual roundtable where we, a group of doctors of physical therapy, discuss the art and the science to the stuff that we're putting on our feet. Today at the roundtable, we have DJ and myself uh, representing Doctors of Running, but more excited than that, we have two guests with us from Puma Running. We have Laura Healy and Todd Falker. We're going to introduce them more as the podcast goes on, but thank you guys so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So a little bit about the outline for today. We're going to obviously do our subjective question, which has to do with Puma running. And then we're going to be talking to Laura, who's a part of the innovation team as a biomechanist and Todd, who's the uh, what do you do? You do something important with them, right? Yeah, yeah, senior product line manager, but we, uh, I, I like to say I make shoes for a living. So. <laughs> I like that. And so we have Todd here as well, and we're going to be talking to them about uh, the line that they dropped last year of shoes, as well as the updates that are coming this year and new things that they're pushing in the industry regarding uh, gender-specific running shoes and how they designed their new racing models that are coming out soon. So it should be a really fun episode. We're super glad that you both have chosen to join us. We're gonna start with our subjective question of the week which is what is your favorite Puma shoe that you have ran in in the past year of this new round that's come out or if you haven't ran in a Puma shoe which one are you most anticipating coming up this year or from last year that you just haven't ran in yet so we always go around and ask each other so David what what would you say
1: I think mine's a pretty easy one I really like the deviate Nitro elite a lot. Um, it's one of my favorite plated racers out there right now, and um, it's it's very balanced and lightweight, and I think the last has done pretty well, and it's just a fun shoe to run in. Um, I'd say the one that I'm looking forward to the most would actually be that 5K, 10K one that's been leaking around a little bit. <laughs> is it is it the fast forward? Is that what it is? No? Okay. Un, unconfirmed. <laughs> unconfirmed, <laughs> unconfirmed. But you probably <laughs> have the right name. <laughs> Photos of the great leaks in or whatever. Shoe geek world. Sorry about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What would what would Todd and Laura, you know a little bit about Puma running shoes. What would what would you say? I mean Laura, I'll let you go.
2: Sure. I have to say the DV8 Elite as well. Um, yeah, super lightweight, channel my Molly when I'm running in it, and it just feels great. So yeah, that's my favorite one so far.
0: Yeah, channeling Molly is very, a very real reality of why I like to put that shoe on. Like, oh, if I want to be sure, like Molly, sure. <laughs>
3: I'm putting that shoe on. I uh, I will channel my inner Doctors of Run, um, you know, side of my brain and say, it's actually the Liberate for me. I, Yeah, I probably spent more miles training in that because there's so many plated shoes and super foams and like things that are great, but they push forces around, right? And like the Liberate... It's lightweight. It's low profile. It reminds my foot to like actually work and like gain gain stability and muscles, right? So I I try to do that even yeah with some of my Achilles issues here and there.
0: Right. Yeah, and I'll I'll deviate from the norm too. See what I did there. Um, no, I <laughs> mine would actually be the I haven't ran a ton in the new Velocity too, but the original Velocity. I have the most miles in of any of the Puma shoes from last year. Um, I just, it was one of those, it feels like a classic trainer, but you get a lot, you got a little bit more fun from the nitro foam that's in there. So it just worked well for my mechanics and getting medium long runs in and stuff like that. So I would, I would say that. And it was the second most comfortable upper that I wore last year. Um, Number one was the Topo Mega Fly 4. Um, But it was a close. It was a close second. It was just very comfortable and fit fit my foot really well. So, if you guys have, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment below to share what your favorite Puma shoe is. Or uh, we will have this on Spotify as well. There's a way to answer these questions through there. Um, otherwise, if you are just listening on like Apple Podcasts or something like that, you can find us on Instagram and shoot us a direct message. And um, it's just fun to hear what people are thinking. So. But let's move into the more fun stuff. Uh, We want to get to know both of you a little bit more. So, Laura, why don't you give us a little introduction to yourself? Tell us how you got into the world of biomechanics, how you got to work with Puma, where you were before that, stuff like that.
2: Sure. So, yeah, my current role with Puma is manager of footwear innovation. Um, I'm fairly new to the team here. I started in June. And before that, I was working at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Um, doing contract work for Puma, actually. So I've been very involved in Puma's new running line um, before that, even though I wasn't at Puma. Um, But I was working with Dr. Wouter Hochheimer, um, who did a lot of work previously on the Nike 4%. So yeah, learned a ton there, um, was really involved in the testing of Puma's new lineup, and then was fortunate enough to come and join the team full time. And now I work on the innovation team, run our new biomechanics lab. Yeah, I'm loving it so far.
0: That's super fun and super cool to work to work with with Hoochama. Is like amazing. Yeah, <laughs> what a cool <laughs> learning experience. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, she's Laura's new to the the brand side, I guess,
3: but we've been working together for several years, and she specifically led um, our women's only a lot of that research that culminated in the Run Double X shoots that's coming out later this year. We loved her so much. We, we had to steal her, bring her over to our side. So
0: fantastic. And so do you live in Boston then? Is that where you're located
2: now? Exactly. Just yeah, because that's where your new lab is. Cool. Yeah. It's in our new Somerville office, which is super nice.
0: Fun. Cool. Um, one quick nerdy question that I have. What type of like biomechanic assessment equipment do you guys utilize in your lab? And you can make that yeah. as, I don't know how much, how much <laughs> detail you want to get into, but I'm just curious.
2: Broad as possible. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So we have, um, it's been amazing. And when I started, it was kind of like, here's a room, you can turn this into a lab. And so the commitment from the team to like get all this equipment is more than I could have ever imagined. So we have um, full markerless 3D motion capture. Um, we have inertial measurement units for taking outside the lab. We have pressure insoles as well. Um, one thing that we use most commonly is our metabolic cart. So we do a lot of running economy. Um, testing as well is probably the most um, common thing that we can do. So yeah, we have lots of new toys, which has been amazing. And we're still uh, working using all of them.
0: That's great. And Todd, what about you? Tell us a little bit about your running background, what you're up to now. We know you've got a race upcoming and then how you became the guy who makes shoes for a living.
3: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just been a lifelong runner for a really, really long time, I don't know, I guess I've been running for about 25 years or so, probably too many miles and and too many races uh, to count. Um, But I have the goal of running 100 marathons uh, and hopefully in in the next two to three years should actually get there, Um, a a project I've been working on for obviously a while. Um, And then, you know, went to school, studied business, right, Um, and really have just had a lot of interest in the sports field and trying to figure out like how to get into that So I worked retail for four or five years, was a tech rep for a little while, and then got into the product side of the business. Um, And I've been in and around the footwear world for about 20 years now. Um, But yeah, I was super excited to land at Puma at a great time when we were kind of relaunching our performance running category. Um, You know, Puma's a great brand, been around for a really, really long time, but the performance running shoes, You know, we saw an opportunity to really improve the line. And that's what we did when we launched about a year ago um, with the Nitro collection. And it's been going really, really well. Um, I'm on the product line management side. So that means I work really closely with design and development, right? Like the footwear triad, we call it, to bring, um, You know, as a PLM, we deliver a brief, right? I think everyone kind of knows what a shoe designer is. They draw the pictures. And then development does most of the coordination with Asia. Um, and then we all work together really at every step Um, of the way. And then the piece for me that I would say makes me like a senior product line manager is I work really closely with our innovation team, which is mostly based in Germany. They have, I don't know, 10 or 20 people or so. Laura would know more. Um, But then even Laura is now an extension of that office in Boston. Um, And that's where when you see, you know, the women's only shoe, the fast R, some of these like crazy awesome concepts, Um, those ideas take longer to bring to life. Right. And we want to validate and test them. Um, and that's where we have people like Laura with that expertise. Um, and so we we write those briefs as well for a lot kind of longer time frame. Um, typically, a PLM works about 18 months in advance, and some of those projects will be two to three years. But yeah, we've had a lot of exciting things going on at Puma Running.
0: Yeah, super fun. I think something that was enjoyable as our, you know, the way that we approach looking at shoes and footwear, it was fun to see Puma launch, knowing that you had been working with UMass um you know with Laura to to develop things that it wasn't just like hey we're a huge company we're just gonna throw some shoes out there that look cool and have like cool foams because we have access to them um there's it definitely seemed like there was some good thought behind it and we just have to say bring it on Molly I don't know how that whole process works but she's just like the coolest like American runner right now I think that she's just creating a culture that people are loving so and obviously her success has been really cool too but
3: yeah. Two two other things I would highlight as well. Um, the entire team, design, development, PLM, we all actually went to the first uh, biomechanics symposium that was up in Calgary. Um, and we were digging into the research as, uh, research as well on our own, um, on one side. And then on the other side, I would highlight many, many retail partners across the globe. Um, we wanted to listen to runners, listen to retailers, listen to people that really, really knew what was going on as we reset our strategy. And, you know, I think when you guys as reviewers and other reviewers have said, wow, all the shoes are pretty good. They didn't screw any of them up. You know, I think (laughs) that that's, I mean, yeah, everyone on our team certainly worked really, really hard on the different designs, but um, we had so, so many people validate and help us along the way um, on the retail side, on the biomechanical, all of that um, really, really came together in a good way.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, something that you were just talking about a kind of year one, not really screwing anything up. Um, so, you know, let's kind of transition a little bit towards some of the training shoes that you guys have put out. So when we look at back at the first nitro collection, you know, we have the velocity we have, which would be like your daily trainer. You have your liberate, which is your lightweight trainer, more flexible, a little bit more for you talk low profile you have the deviate which is this rockered plated um kind of long distance kind of do it all kind of a shoe um idea you have the deviate elite which is that racer option uh and then you have the eternity which was the take on stability so uh so far this year we've seen the update to the velocity kind of that daily trainer so that's that's what we've seen what kind of what were the goals of the updates that you guys have made? What sort of pitfalls did you see in the first round that you wanted to correct? Um, what's been the inspiration? And will we see, is this the only big update for these tra- th- that kind of training model? Or um, will the liberate or whatever get updated as well?
3: Yeah, for sure. And, and I can go first um, just on like the shoe review on our side. And then Laura, any comments you want to add, you're welcome to. Um, you know, look, none of none of the shoes bombed. They were all pretty darn good um, from the beginning. We've had two goals with the product line: one is to, you know, obviously make great shoes, but really to establish consistency. So that's what we're going to do. Velocity one was good. Velocity two is very similar with with a few slight tweaks, a little bit softer material, a little bit better geometry. Um, and then, you know, the consistency is on one side, and then the other side is really driving innovation working within um, our innovation team and coming out with some crazy new concepts um, to rethink the way that a, a running shoe company maybe should make shoes or what things that we could build in. So I think as we look at updates, um, yeah, all of the shoes are, are going to stay in the line. We're not going to be doing any one-hit wonders. Um, but subtle improvements to stay consistent and, you know, I'm a runner, right? If I have a shoe that I love, I'm like, brand, please don't mess it up, right? So that was our goal. Um, but then if we can do cool and new and innovative things, we absolutely want to add that layer on top. And that's where Laura and her team come in.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think Todd mentioned most of it there, but especially in the lab when we've been talking about keeping our line consistent. Um, so even with you know the liberates and the deviates and everything, we're just always have a focus on kind of testing and making sure that, we're always getting a little bit better with each shoe and we're not doing anything crazy to make people's favorite shoes kind of um, fall off, but always just slightly improving and making sure that we're staying really consistent and always getting better.
1: That's awesome. It's good to see you guys taking that direction too, to establish some consistency, get that foundation and really just build from there because as a fellow runner as well you want to you want to see that but you also want to see these innovations these updates and and really progress as well and it's been really exciting from the outside looking in to just see so much growth from Puma as well in such a quick amount of time and i think you guys did like really nail it on almost every category there so it's it's really cool to see
3: i was i was going to say that's great and you know we're we try to be our own harshest critics right so we have found some areas to improve some shoes that maybe either had not the right heel, you know, kind of slip or the fit issues or even some rockers we've adjusted for some V2s. Um, you know, the nitro foam is amazing, but there's also a lot of kind of complicated, um, you know, geometry that goes into those different rockers. Um, and actually, I was brushing up, brushing up on your, your podcast from last week today, too, because um, you guys do a lot of great research and we're always trying to, to learn and improve.
1: That's awesome. So where do you guys see Puma going from here in the next year, like the next two, three year cycle here as far as is it going to be kind of a consistent updating? or Are we going to try and release any big models? Um, I know that's a loaded question and I know you can only answer so much of that, but um, I, know, I think everyone was very impressed with how you guys started. So I think a lot of people are like, OK, so what are they going to do next?
3: Yeah, we have, you know, a couple different segments to our line. Um, On one side, we have shoes we would call for the health enthusiast, right? Somebody that just wants a daily trainer, maybe a plate, but probably not. um, But like a durable, kind of consistent, long-lasting model. Um, And I I think for us, you know, we launched that kind of in a big way in 2021. Um, And I think in 2023, we're going to kind of continue the emphasis there. 2022, you know, we're debuting Fast R, a couple other Fast Shoes that are really kind of drive that high-end innovation also the women's only run double X shoe, but, um, certainly a lot of brands in this industry, right? Like fo- uh, focus and build product around the calendars of the Olympics. So we're certainly already looking at 2024, what race day models and what faster shoes will come out for there. And I think on the product line management side, 2023 is a, is a great time for us to address, you know, like that health and kind of comfort, um, silo oh, as cool. well.
0: I, uh, one more question for you back on the velocity. Um, and, you know, I think the major updates that you guys made were kind of or the, the changes that, that we can see. One of them is the way that the nitro is no longer wrapped around like another EVA, but it's layered top and bottom. And then uh, the other thing that you can see is some pretty significant changes to the outsole pattern. What were some of the thoughts on those changes? You know, why go away from the wrapped model? uh, and, and transition to a layered model. And if you had any more details on the rocker changes, what, what kind of inspired those and what, what was changed?
3: Yeah, there was a little bit of misconception on the first version. Um, the two layers, the EVA layer and the nitro layer did both go, um, full length. Um, and it was just cupped over the top, exactly like what you're saying. Um, It was, it was good. It was a great shoe. I actually ran a 50 miler in it. Like everything was great. Um, (laughs) Some people had, you know, some comments about like the way the shoe kind of um, not just rockered, but the way that it bent. And so what we updated specifically um, for the second version was to stack those two layers of foam, one on top of each other. And that gave us much smoother, um, you know, bending stiffness and and smoothness. Um, We talk a lot about like I mean, as a runner, I'm like, I want to run smooth. We want the shoe to ride really smooth. Um, You know, the, the corporate tagline there is effortless run, right? We want the shoe to be able to just put it on your feet, go out the door and have a great run and come home. And you be enjoying your run, not thinking about the shoe. Um, but so specifically with Velocity too, with stacking those two layers of Nitrofoam and then um, finding and engineering and design did an incredible job on this. Um, a new upper material that was a little bit softer, a little bit more flexible, um, but really fit the foot in a great way
0: and, and still kept you locked down. Yeah, cool. And Laura, on on your end, how do you guys look at, or um, are, are you guys the one that assess kind of that forefoot stiffness and how that affects in the running. And do you look at that dynamically? Is that something that's looked at statically? What's the process there?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit of both. So we have we do do lots of um, mechanical testing on the shoes. That mainly happens through the innovation team in Germany. They have the devices to do all that. Um, in the lab, we have different ways that we can look at the ride or the smoothness of running um, and the amount of cushioning and kind of the shock that you're experiencing um, at your tibia. So we do have ways... Um, to kind of indirectly, I would say, look at um, the ride and the smoothness of the running. So those are definitely things that we take into consideration when we're testing um, these updates.
3: I would also bucket kind of under Laura's department, um, fit and wear is a big part of that. So, you know, from the beginning of our relaunch, we've actually used um, four times as many pairs of wear uh, wear, wear testing shoes and tested over the course of eight times as many miles. Um, So the combination of what, you know, what we hear in the lab with the feedback that we're getting from real runners and, you know, to be more specific, previously our testers were running kind of 20 to 25 miles a week, we doubled that to be 40 to 50 mile a week testers, which there are things that you learn in a 10 mile run that you just don't feel when you're up for three and four and so really increasing that distance. And then um, taking all of that feedback in a holistic way to update the shoes has been a big part of what we've done.
1: Yeah, to go off of that too, like how you say like between a three-mile run and a 10-mile run, I notice a very distinct difference in a lot of different shoes like right around that 15-mile mark. And so when I was trying to decide like what am I going to run my marathon in or what do I like doing my long runs in, that's a very big determinant is how does that shoe feel like not the first 10 miles, but how does it feel like well beyond that? So yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's that real, right?
3: Like your form changes over time. We get tired, our muscles, activate, deactivate, like stuff happens. So that's that's real. And um, yeah, getting more testing miles, I think, is better.
0: Yeah, I think as clinicians, something that we value in that process is that, um, you know, we have this viewpoint of running, like you can put people in a lab and you can look at their biomechanics for X number of time, but the feedback from people who are actually just out there running and and moving is super valuable too, because every human is going to have just a slightly different experience. So being able to pull together and then having a team that, you know, I'm assuming Laura, you're a piece of that, right? Where you're like trying to piece together what you're seeing biomechanically, what you get feedback from, from people and how they're running. And uh, that's, that's a pretty unique thing. And investing time and the resources to send out shoes for people to test. That's, that's an investment. And I think it's, it seems like a pretty, pretty valuable one and can dial in a lot of important factors like comfort too, for, for people with, you know, comfort filter still being a a thing that we're considering when we look at recommending shoes for certain people, Um, finding a way to make a shoe more comfortable for more people is, is important. So Let's, uh, but let's pivot a little bit to some of the things that people love to talk about a lot. Um, and that would be racing product, you kind of reference the fast R a little bit Todd before, why don't you give us kind of the intro, we haven't been able to test that shoe yet. So at some point, we'll be testing that shoe, we're going to get our review out there. But this is time for you guys to kind of talk about what was the goal of the Fast R? Why did you design it? It's a unique design. It's got that decoupled heel. You'll t- I mean, I'll let you talk about it. But w- why, why design it that way? How did the, you know, and Laura, maybe from you, like, how did the development and the innovation get there? I uh, would love to hear that from you guys.
3: Yeah, I mean the this is your fastar, and I can I can back up close enough that you can see it. Um, you know, Fuma is the forever faster brand, right? We there's a lot of running brands in the industry, and so for us to come in, we really wanted to do something different to separate ourselves. Um, but investing in innovation and those things take certainly more time. Um, so this was actually a project that, again, we briefed to the innovation team said you know, hey, looking at how the foot functions, how it works, we know that, um, you know, capturing at stance phase, right, when that kind of that full foot is on the ground is where um, the maximum energy is, is kind of put in. So if we can harness that by use of the plate and by use of the best foam in the front, um, you know, can can we return as much of that as possible back to the team? Actually, this, this heel concept of this not being a, a nitro-based foam or a, a PVAX-based foam, I should say. Um, was something that the innovation team came up with. And Laura, I can let you talk about that in more detail if you want.
2: Yeah, for sure. So many people have commented the heel um, is a little firmer and it's, as Todd said, not a um, super critical foam. But um, the interesting thing is what we found when we tested it was that the shoe was meant for really fast runners and runners that mainly run midfoot um, to forefoot. So, having that heel, the concept is that it keeps you up a little higher and helps you roll kind of down onto your forefoot. So, it's not as meant, much meant for um, a heel striker, maybe, um, but maybe for more of a midfoot um, or forefoot striker, which is a diff- different concept for sure.
3: And Laura corrected me the other day because I in some different videos have said that the heel was actually softer. Um, That was a mistake. The heel is actually a little bit firmer, but it is a foam that's designed to um, be firm so that you can feel like you're running downhill while also kind of absorbing that impact. Um, You know, foot comes into the ground, right? It's kind of that loose bag of bones, as we call it, um, you know, to cushion itself. And then as you transition through the midfoot, it turns into a stiff lever. And the Fastar shoe is really designed to work with, you know, kind of your foot's natural biomechanics um, to really just be super, super speedy. And, and we've seen incredible results um, in terms of running economy numbers with this.
0: Yeah, I uh, just to, two things on that. You talked about the loose bag of bones. So, yeah, like when you're looking biomechanically, when a foot moves into a pronated position, and we talk about pronation all the time, and we're working really hard to take away the demonization of, of pronation because it's an important shock-absorbing thing. But, you know, when our foot moves into pronation, rolls in, it actually creates the foot to be more flexible. So the loose bag of bones, meaning the foot is more flexible to actually move and adapt to the surface that's on it. Um, and then, as you talked about, you become the rigid lever when you resupinate up off the toe. And so that's that's interesting to see the design there. What what did the testing? I don't know how much you can say about this. You talk about the economy testing. Um, if you can't give us exact results, can you tell us about like the methods of how you did it? What you com- I don't know if you can tell us what you compared it to. Um, give us what you can. We'd love to hear it.
2: (laughs) Sure. I'll try my best. So yeah, so this, I must say, I believe this is probably Puma's most tested shoe would be my uh, unconfirmed, but suspicion is that this is our most tested shoe. I tested the shoe when I was still at UMass, like a year and a half, two years ago now. Um, And it's been tested by other university partners and we've been testing the lab. So it's heavily tested and gone through many, many tweaks and changes Um, to get where it is, which is really, really exciting to know that we put the best of the best and focused on every single detail of this shoe um, many times over. Um, The results have been really great. (laughs) That's maybe as much as I can say. Um, (laughs) Darn it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Super specific. (laughs) The faster makes you faster. Got it. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, the the testing has been really great. So we've done a lot of... um, mainly running economy testing to see the efficiency of this shoe um, against ourselves, against competitors, everything. Um, and yeah, I think people are going to start running really fast race times.
1: Are we able to ask, like, like stack height, drop ratio, weight, things like that?
3: Yeah, happy to share that. I can say, too, in terms of testing, like, Laura nailed it. We've tested it against all the top competitors. Um, we've We've been right at the top of the heap by by no stretch of uh, of exaggeration at all, like we are right there, I can say personally as well um you know, of course we shouldn't compare to other brands but but no problem comparing to ourselves right for me personally i i I did the running economy test I got on the treadmill i did it um I personally saw five and a half percent improvement in running economy in this shoe over over velocity over just a daily trainer um and i I feel that when I, when I run fast in it as well. Um, so that's really exciting. But, and then, uh, David, to your question about the stacks and in, in stats, we're at um, about 30 millimeters in the forefoot, 38 in the heel. Um, and then in the men's sample US 9, we're about 7.0 ounces. Oh, that's
0: light. Yeah, that's super light.
1: Wow. And that um, gives that little downhill kind of feeling. That's what I was wondering about, like how that offset is and the foam wedge and everything. So that's sweet. Thank you.
3: Yeah. One of the things that really came out of all that testing as well, um, with a, a lot of like really fast and really elite athletes is, um, you know, people said, Hey, when I get going, you know, five minute pace, give or take some faster, some right around there, um, that I really find myself landing more like midfoot to four foot, pardon me. And that's where we specifically designed this shoe. And, um, you know, this is mostly the latest prototype, there'll be a few slight updates, but, um, you know, for really like that midfoot to forefoot striker, that's landing a little bit here, um, maybe rocking back, or if you do land on your heel, that the, uh, the heel and the forefoot decouple nicely to actually give you a good bit of a midfoot flexibility before turning into a, you know, a really, really powerful level lever in the forefoot. And I can actually show you, um, this is our, our carbon fiber plate. And as you can see, it has one of the most aggressive midfoot shapes that that you could imagine. And that's that's where, you know, I, I don't know, if Laura, if you want to comment on that. We usually don't like to say this is the reason why XU is faster. um, But this rocker is incredibly extreme, um, so much so we, that we did have to reinforce it. And then, you know, I've seen uh, a lot of improvement in the strength of it. But, yeah, this is our, our uh, redesigned um, power plate for 2022. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I, I would. I think one of the unique parts of the design is you can see that that part of the plate through the midfoot. That's basically just at that. Really, I don't know if you know the exact angle that it's going down at, but um, yeah, that's just a. It sticks out to your the eye when you're looking at it. So it's a fascinating shoe, and there's something to be said about having it close to the close to the heel. I think that there's some some of the evidence out there on plate placement. It, it does make a difference. A plate that's sitting all the way on the bottom, say in a shoe like the Carbon X. Um, it's a, it's a different way that it interacts from an economy perspective than if it's sitting closer to the foot. So, uh, it's fascinating to look at, um, anything else on plate design, Laura, that you want to add or can add?
2: (laughs) Um, no. Yeah. I think you also mentioned it there, but the, the placement of that plate within the foam is something that we've also been playing with and moving around and looked into a lot. And so, yeah, everything is very thought through in this shoe, as I mentioned, like yeah, the number of versions that we've tested in the lab and retested and looked at um, are numerous and very thorough to go through all of the specific points.
3: Nathan, one of the main questions that that I get is, oh, wait, you already have Deviate Elite. Is that getting cut? Is that staying in the line? Word is fast. Our fail. Yeah, um, totally. D- deviate Elite is our proven winner, right? Like that's going to stay. That's going to be in the line. Um, yes, we're working on a second version, but we have new colors coming and there will be stock available. I know everyone's like, "Puma, stop making good someone shoes. Literally, Nobody can get them.
1: This What's morning, that? someone was asking me like, how can I get these? And I was I like, I know there's been a little bit of a distribution. <laughs> can Roadblock.
0: we ask about that? But, like what, what led yeah. to that difficulty? A lot of people ask us and people speculate. So maybe this is a way that you could share yeah. kind of like, why was that difficult to get out to people?
3: I mean, I mean, overwhelming demand is number one. Um, we were a big major brand, but reentering a performance category. You know, we, we made pretty healthy buys. Um, we forecasted over what our previous line was. Um, I think in the first season it was like four to five times what we had done with the line before Nitro and we sold everything just so incredibly quickly. Um, it's been amazing. Also, that's like on the consumer side, right? There's also the elite athlete side where, you know, once Molly gets in the shoe, I don't have to tell you how many friends she has (laughs) in Flagstaff or all over the globe. And then everybody's like, well, now we need the shoes too. So the demand has been off the charts. Um, Of course, COVID is a a real issue all over the world, right? And so being sensitive to that, um, you know, we are so thankful for our workers in Asia that have work tirelessly, work through really, um, really difficult and challenging conditions to be able to deliver the product that they have. So that's something that every brand is dealing with. Um, but we're just so excited that people are loving the shoes and just want more of them, you know?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. One last question on these racing models for for both of you. Uh, when it comes to testing and designing, um, is someone like Molly kind of like the person that you're building this off of? Or do you have, uh, you know, where where do you get your testers from who are they and and how big is that net
2: yeah it's definitely a mix so depending on the shoe we try and pick testers kind of based on that shoe so for our race day shoes we like to test at faster levels because we know that these are for we want them to perform at um, faster speeds and really it's just from the boston area um that we have our testers lots of run groups lots of runners in the office um hoping to get some of our more elites in the lab um, as well. But yeah, just local runners. And then at the universities where we test as well, it's similar. They have people from their track teams and everything. And
3: and also the innovation team in, in, uh, in Germany, when they're doing testing, they're sending um, them out to a lot of universities all across Europe and also um, the elite athletes as well. So sports marketing is heavily involved and every single one of our, of our athletes has been in a lot of these different shoes. Um, you know, and Nathan, maybe to be a little bit more specific to your question, like the running economy tests that we do, um, Laura, what are the, what are the main speeds that we do with those?
2: Uh, seven and six minute mile paces.
3: Yeah. So, so that's roughly like three hour marathoners and then two thirty, right. As being kind of the two main buckets that we look at. Um, and I think in terms of, of research, and I was going there a little bit ago, but like this is the plate from the Deviate Elite versus this is the power plate from the Fast Fastar. Um, the Deviate Elite, the whole shoe setup and the weight of the shoe being, you know, about six point seven ounces, even a little bit lighter, and um, having a plate that's it's still super strong, but it's a it has a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more cutaway. This is um, uh, more than my opinion, but in my opinion, will be more of a democratic. Like the Deviate Elite will work for so many different people. Um, the Fast R is it's. It's an animal, it is so powerful that like if you um if you're running like you know seven maybe to six thirty, a lot of the other shoes from the other brands we've heard this as well, right that you really one of the brands I read that you have to be going faster than five forty a mile for the super shoe to really take its full effect. Fastar is a little bit like that for us where when you're going at those like really super elite speeds. Um, this shoe is strong enough and powerful enough to, to support you. And that's why it is a hair heavier than the Deviate Elite. Um, whereas the Deviate Elite for a lot of runners um, will be will be better because of the lighter weight, right? And Versus the power of the geometry compared to the lighter weight. Both those things can make people run faster. Right.
0: It's still light, though. You're at, like, seven, yeah. which is like 7.0 ounces, size 9. I'm
3: apologizing, like, <laughs> apologizing for three-tenths of an ounce, I know.
0: <laughs> it's, like, still, like, tied with, like, the lightest one out there. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah,
0: um, and I will David, say quickly
2: back – sorry, back to Todd's point about having our testers, too. We test in the lab, but as mentioned before, the – People have to like the shoe to run in it. So so sending it to all our elite athletes um, and getting that perception feedback, we talk about that a lot too, is, yeah, maybe one shoe is 0.5 or 1% better in the lab, but if people don't like it or they don't think it's comfortable, they're not going to run in it, right? Totally. So that perception and that fit and wear and getting it out to our elite athletes is definitely just as important.
1: Totally. You want to put it on your foot and just feel excited and ready. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm excited about new covers, colors for the nitro new release, new covers. We're dropping know. a
1: mixtape. No,
0: it's getting, <laughs> it's getting late on a Sunday night. These <laughs> Laura and Todd, you guys are awesome for giving us this time. Um, but we do want to move on to another really interesting and unique and fun and cool thing that you guys are doing. And that is talking about, um, gender specific design. And since this nitro line came out, you know, within the information that you provide to us as testers, you know, you talk about the gender specific last in the deeper heel cup, blah, blah, blah. You have a whole last that's designed specifically. Um, maybe talk about that first and then Laura, you can talk about how that led to kind of what you're, what you're doing with the design of the run double X. Is that how you XX double X?
3: Yeah, can you wait, wait, trivia question. Um, yeah. Do you know why it's called Run Double X or XX? Yeah. Cro- the chromosomes. The
1: chromosomes,
3: yeah. Exactly. Yes. Women are <laughs> XX. Yeah, you, yes. got you got it. Yes, yes. Um, well, look, we we recognize that women are the new force behind running, right? As of about two, two and a half years ago, more women than men are finishing races of all distances, um, from the 5K to the half marathon to the marathon. And so, um, you know, for too long, the women have been a second thought when it comes to a lot of the 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 testing um, and also just kind of the shoe design, right? Almost all of that testing is done on males in size nine and it's all that. And so, um, you know, we knew that would take a little bit more time, but for us, we really wanted to spark change specifically with female runners um, by building shoes specifically for them, by testing. Um, every single one of our performance running shoes, we opened the women's mold at the very first um, stage and test it, which, I'm I've worked at a couple other brands, I haven't worked at all other brands, but I'm highly confident saying not every other brand is doing that from the beginning. It it costs a lot more money. Um it doubles our mold investments and, and for us that's well worth it. We're super happy to do that. And you know, that's just kind of the upfront um investment and then, you know, Laura, I can let you talk about some of the specifics regarding, you know, testing and then where Run Double X came out of that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Definitely opening the molds in a woman's size for our whole range has been a really big thing that um, we were pushing for from the start that we're super excited. I mean, being a bit of a nerd in the scientific literature, the number of studies that are all just run on men for running economy um, or any biomechanical study, because that's all, it's only a size nine or whatever that's open, um, is is really interesting. And to have to test it on women as well is, is a big step that we're taking focusing from the design the new start of every single shoe is testing on men and women so that's been really exciting Um, and then yeah that kind of led into this run double x shoe I was at UMass still when this shoe was kind of initiated and developed so I'm not 100% sure I wasn't here at the very very start but I know a lot about the shoe now Um, so yeah it's really exciting it um, features a few of the different things so you mentioned that we have a women specific last now So we know that not all women's feet are simply scaled down versions of men's feet. They have some slight differences that we can see. Um, So we focus on those things and shaping the new last. Um, There's a new nitro foam in this shoe um, that's a little more stable just from feedback that we got from women. The shoe is really designed for kind of comfort and longer runs. Um, And the other thing is we have a run guide in the shoe. So um, kind of a new stability not stability, but like a new point in the shoe um, for the, that control and for, as I said, the comfort um, for longer runs, specifically designed for women as well. So that's been really exciting. And then where I was first involved um, with the shoe is the testing and validation. So Todd and the team came to us with a crazy idea um, which we took on. Um, so Todd said, I want to do the biggest study, um, on this shoe (laughs) and we want to have (laughs) so many runners
3: in the history of the industry. That's
2: right. (laughs) Yeah. He just kept saying, I want it to be the biggest. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) we said, we'll try. And we, I think succeeded. So we had over 220 runners test this shoe, um, for a combined, I think it was over 36,000 miles. um, and that was just in. I mean, it's been more since then because we continue to test the shoe. Um, but in this one study, yeah, over thirty six um, thousand miles, and we had women run in a in the Run Double X shoe and then a control shoe, and we kind of got lots of feedback um, on which they preferred more. And yeah, the results were really overwhelming. The women really preferred um, Run Double X over our standard control shoe, which was really exciting to see and the feedback has been great so far and I can I can
3: maybe provide a little bit of color on like Laura said the before Laura time as we should call it I guess um, <laughs> you know we did we did a lot of consumer research we had a lot of focus groups spoke to countless number of women and and what really kept coming through to us which I don't know if it was surprising or not um, women said look for that two to three mile run I can run in whatever I want right it's fine Once I get to five miles, you know, maybe 10K up to 10 miles, that I actually want a little bit more support. I need more structure. I want something a little bit more um, substantial under my foot that's going to give me, I mean, support was kind of the the word that kept coming back. And that's what led us to develop two things that Laura mentioned. One, um, that run guide and the way that, um, I think I have the shoe, I can find it here in a second, but the way that the run guide actually will come up and hug kind of both sides of the foot Um, and then the second was developing a new density, a new durometer of nitro foam, which surprisingly is actually a little bit firmer, um, than what the core nitro is in terms of durometer, right? We're closer to 50 than the 43 C of, core nitro, which seems counterintuitive. Women are smaller than men. So you might think that they would want something a little bit softer. Um, and will you guys maybe help me out with the, the, the doctor side of thing, the technical terms that when foams and shoes are too soft, that you run with a little bit more stiffness to your what? The How joints. does that work? Help, help me out <laughs> joints. If, yeah.
0: Do you want to take it, David? Or do you want me?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. So essentially we're running on a padded platform. And if you put yourself on say like a foam balance pad, everything in your foot and ankle, your knee, your hip, your spine, everything has to stiffen up at that joint level to stabilize the limb. And so the only way it's different is that you're now putting a shoe under your foot. So Um, You now have a dynamic platform that you're levering off of. Uh, So the softer that platform is, and if there's not really certain elements that are put in place to help with stabilizing the shoe, um, the stability has to come from somewhere. So the body will stiffen up at given joints uh, in order to create fluid movement. So, yeah.
0: It's kind of a cushioning paradox where the softer you create something the stiffer your body may run uh, just to compensate for that stiffness and so when you talk about like, you know, I mean, we we are super nuanced in our recommendations of shoes. If you've checked any of our things out, like we don't we don't tout one shoe as the perfect shoe. Sorry guys. <laughs> but um but I I think one of the one of the things that we you know, we see with certain patient populations is some people do worse with that stiffer stride because of X, Y, or Z, where if the shoe is meant to decrease impact, you, I mean, and Laura, you could speak to all of this biomechanics stuff, but you know, like impact peaks or impact the slope of the, the ratio of how fast, you know, your body is absorbing that load, you know, that if that's the purpose of a foam, but then your body stiffens up, you have just compensatory things that it doesn't, it's not as clean as you wish it was. And so, it can become really person specific and then i have certain populations of people who do better with stiffer a stiffer gait in general and so a softer shoe actually can help promote that and so it just really it's a really odd paradox but
3: well and, um, and i think that highlights kind of the relationship sometimes between like let's say plm and design or development innovation right is we i don't i could look back at the specific brief but let's say i was like hey guys it's for women and we know women are 0.8 or 0.7% of the of you know 70% of the mass of, of men and by and large right so therefore we think we want a softer shoe here's the brief go make it we build a shoe we test it and we hear one piece of feedback that seems sometimes different but we still have to follow the lab data follow the evidence um so again it was a little bit counterintuitive but this is actually the run double x shoe that does have that that durometer of nitro um this was also one of the first shoes that we used the uh, other than liberate was the first shoe that we're using a regular stack of just a one piece nitro foam as well um i can't tell you the the full secret sauce behind it but it's even more technical that it was designed just for women and then you can also see kind of the run guide here that that does actually tuck underneath as well so you're really getting getting support um all the way from you know from the outsole truly midsole all the way up and then wrapping around the foot
0: hmm. and that's lateral and medial You have that on both sides, right? That's nice for. Yep, and connects all the way around as well. So that'll be fun to have some of the ladies on our team test that one too. I think uh, something that you spoke about, Laura, when it comes to like this you know, testing in women primarily. And then obviously for this shoe, like that's what it's designed for and doing big studies like that. Like we can talk about biomechanical differences and everything, but it is so interesting that the way that shoes have been designed is we're going to give, get all the feedback from men and then just put it out for women. And I think that like regardless of what the the you know biomechanics and the science says about or anatomy of like women versus men differences, just the fact that it's being tested on women actually <laughs> uh, makes a huge difference in design and and creation and their you know women being the creators of the shoe, um, which is that's pretty amazing too and a big deal. So exciting project. All right. So the the last thing I just want to give you guys a, a platform just to talk to kind of sum things up what are kind of the hopes for puma again moving forward what what's your mission um and just kind of what what you want to be doing both in the lab for you laura like any projects you're excited about and then todd for you as you think kind of big picture between all those teams
2: yeah i guess i can go first Um, so yeah i work on the innovation team so a lot of things um i can't say but i'm really excited for what is coming up next um, we have some really, really cool things in the pipeline. And I'm just really excited that, um, yeah, Puma's put a lot of energy into our new performance line. And I think it really shows. Um, and the energy of the whole team and commitment to testing in the lab, of course, for me has been the most exciting um, to continue to yeah, test each shoe, um, whether it's a crazy concept from innovation that's really out there, um, or it's just, as you said, our V2 of the velocity, um, and making sure that we're always, you know, one step at a time, um, making improvements.
0: Mm -hmm. That's probably encouraging too. Sorry, going all the way back to the idea of consistency. Shoes change a lot sometimes, and that consistency again is valued, um, until, you know, there's the balance I'm sure that you guys wrestle with is like, when does it become stale versus when is it, like, the sauce that's the good sauce. Um, Like you don't want, you don't want to not get Chick-fil-A sauce or whatever your favorite sauce is at whatever restaurant. I don't know. (laughs) That's just the first one that popped into my head. Um, All right, Todd, what about you? What, what do you see as some goals?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think from a top line perspective, we're just proud and glad the cat is back, right? Like Puma, we're, we're a brand that we have sport in our blood, in our heritage. And for us to not have some of the best, running shoes in the game well i I don't know i'll say that that we're glad that we have some of the best running shoes in the game um you know we really wanted to spark change because we saw an opportunity for us to kind of be true to ourselves and do our things like make great product but also invest in in the causes and the things that are important to us and you know obviously we've talked about innovation you know women being a big part of that um also, some of the causes and some of the initiatives that that are, you know, kind of un- underrepresented, um, you know, we're sponsoring women's only races. Um, we're trying to have the performance team leaning towards, you know, having as many female runners as possible. Um, you know, uh, Amy Craig and the team down North Carolina has a, a women's coach and has a lot of strong females on that team. Um, a lot of those things are important to us. And then, you know, in the future, I think you'll see us of course, continue to advance product both footwear and apparel in a major way. But also we wanna be continue to be more of a part of the community, right? Like once COVID is more in the rearview mirror, show up at races more, um, activate, get in touch with runners and just you know, I mean, on the the domestic team as well, like they're building out our tech rep programs. Um, you know, we launched mostly at Jackrabbit Fleet Feet, um, but we're gonna be expanding our distribution a little bit. We're just you know, we're excited about so so many things um but really just about connecting with runners and making the best the best product um and activating the best way
0: we can. Fantastic. David, anything else from you before I wrap things up? I thought that was awesome.
1: So, mm-hmm. I will just
0: we'll be quiet Um, but again Todd and Laura thank you so much for coming on we record late Sunday nights and they're on the east coast so they get the latest Sunday night uh, of all of us so we really appreciate your time Um, we look forward to you know for all of you listening we're going to be getting reviews out of all of these shoes we have our velocity Two review out it's live on our website doctorsrunning.com that you can check out um, as we continue to test these shoes we talked about today those will obviously be released as well and, um, actually really quick. Can you release dates for any of these things? We we didn't even say that. Can, can you,
3: yeah, yeah, sure. So velocity two is out now. Um, that just launched, uh, well in February, I don't know the, the exact dates there's landing, there's global dates. So that was out <laughs> in February. There will be a limited, um, fast R release in March. Actually, I think in about, uh, four or five or six days. Um, it is limited. So there will be people that want fares that don't get fares. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that right up front. Um, because it's reality. And then the um but then a, a larger launch of this will be coming in in the June-July time frame, right around the time of world championships. You'll see people racing i um, in world championships in this for sure. And then Run Double X, this will be coming more like a May timeframe. Um and we're at a hundred and $140 with the women's only shoe here. So um and you know, the last thing I wanted to say too before we go is like thanks to you guys for, for what you do for reading all the research articles, summarizing them and and having great intelligent, you know, conversations about them. Like I'm the one non-biomechanical expert on this call, right? But I, I listen to your guys' podcast a lot. Like it's a great summary of the literature. I loved even what Matt was saying last week about you know oh i look at the um at the protocol to see if it's any good and like some of that sifting and some of those things that you guys do is so helpful um for us to be able to process because you know we we undertook a lot right new foams new lasts new plates new uppers new new at new rubber new everything um all in a, a condensed time frame because that's what we do. Right. And so for us, it was like a lot of listening, a lot of learning, and you guys have a, a niche in terms of, of content and in terms of who you connect with. And that's, that's really valuable for us on the product team. And it's not just me design development peel. like, we all listen to what you guys are saying. Um, it's great reviews. And my last point is I'll, I'll say to Nathan is, you know, you always talk about it as a spectrum. Um, and we look at that as well. Right. It's not, this is the best shoe for everyone. Right. It's, this shoe is good for this runner, this is good for this person, and really kind of aligning those as we build uh, all the different products in our
0: in our line. So thanks to you guys for for really great content. It's been helpful to us. Well, we appreciate that. I'm glad we've tricked somebody into thinking that we have something of value. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No more uh, than I do, so you tell me. No, no, we appreciate that. Thanks a ton. Uh, but if you want to check out any of the stuff that we have put out in the past, you can go to docs We have a lot of our reviews up there. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are kind of our primary ones there. We also have a LinkedIn, I think, um, that Bach created our social media guy. Uh, he creates random things and a Pinterest. He, he doesn't actually want me to say these. He says, don't say those, because I'm just like, they're for a different purpose. <laughs> but I like to say them anyway, just to razz them a little bit. But, uh, we, you know, if you guys have any feedback for us and you have time to leave a review on this podcast, that really helps increase the reach of what we're trying to do. And we look forward to talking to you all next time.